something for a special coming up sometime in the next few weeks. Uh, we've got a musician back there with a guitar and teaching them a song and appreciate all the workers and what they're doing. But um, invite somebody to come out for that. We'll announce it when it'll be um, here very soon. But uh, the kids are practicing and we love seeing the kids sing uh, something special about the innocence of children. And as they sing about Jesus Christ, it's very sweet and special. That's coming up in a few weeks. If you please take your Bible and turn to Jan- Daniel chapter 1. I'll share with you a personal struggle I've been having for the past few years and a result that it's brought about in my eating habits. Uh, I have been boycotting a certain restaurant which will remain nameless uh, during this time. There's a reason. It's not because of anything, uh, spiritual reason at all. It's literally because I struggle with the fact that this restaurant is a fast food restaurant and has a fast lane where you can drive through and get food. And in my humble opinion, it takes much too long to get the food. My children love the, I won't tell you what restaurant it is, but my children love the tacos from this particular restaurant. (laughs) And when I go through there and I just, every time I'm just looking at my watch and going, 18 minutes, 19 minutes, this is not fast food. And so that's my, I'm an American, that's my choice. I can boycott that place if I want to. If they say it's fast food, if they have a drive-up window, you should be able to get that relatively quickly. There are some Christians who think or would pray that God would have a fast lane for spiritual growth. There are some who kind of wish it was just like that, you know, go look at the menu real quick, say a few things that you want to look like, and then really quickly it happened, and you've got them in your possession. And that's not how God works. When we look at Daniel and look at his friends, we see very specifically that God had different levels that he would grow them to in preparation for them to go to the next level. And that's how God works with you and I today. God doesn't just plunge us in so that we are spiritual giants. It is a step process And some people don't want that first step. They're boycotting. If God's not going to make something amazing out of me right now, then I'm just not going to be a part of it. Before honor comes humility. And when we look at Daniel and his friends, they're a beautiful picture of this. There's no such thing as as a fast lane to Christian maturity. And what we'll see in God's word today is that when God grows our faith, he uses this small step leading to a larger step, leading to a larger step. Or God will entrust great things to us when we have been faithful in the smaller things. We see a beautiful picture of that in Daniel chapter one. We're gonna find Daniel and his friends making a a, a right choice. It's a difficult choice is small. Now you and I, we don't always know exactly what to do. I know oftentimes we'll pray that God would, you know, supernaturally reveal his will to us. Maybe, you know, write a note in the sky or uh, give us some kind of a dream. 
We can't always know exactly what the next step is, but there are some things that God has given us to know the next step. One of them is the Holy Spirit within. When we have the Holy Spirit within and we're walking close by God's side, the Spirit leads us and directs us. And so we need to be very in tune to His voice and we need to not ignore when He's taking us down a certain path. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will be leading us to do something. Other times it's much more clear, even black and white, if I can use that term, when we find what God wants us to do clearly in the Bible. I can say with confidence that it is God's will for your life that you never do something that is contrary to God's word. God will never lead you to do something different than he has told you to do in his written word. And that's why we are students of the word. But imagine these four teenagers. That's what we find here in Daniel chapter 1. Four teenagers who had been taken from Jerusalem where they had a pretty good life. God had blessed them. And now Babylon had taken over and they're taken in captivity over 500 miles and now they're going to be put into a school for the king of Babylon where they would be used to better that kingdom. They're removed from their home. They're given different names. And we don't find this in the, in the text, but in those white spaces in between, Can you imagine with me of the conversation that took place with these four teenagers? They had to have different personalities, right? If I can even say this, of these four teens in our story today, they probably were in different levels of their walk with God. Now what we see from them is incredible as far as how God protected them and how they stepped out on faith. But can't you imagine that of these four, there was one of them that was maybe the most mature in the group? And he said, guys, we've got to trust in God. Guys, God will not let us down. I know we're far from home, and I'm not sure what tomorrow will be like, but we've got to trust in God. I can also imagine that there was one in the group maybe that was the the, the lowest on the scale as far as his faith. Maybe there was one who was an expert at making excuses. So here's all these things to get thrown at these young boys. And probably one of them said, well, I can give you 12 good reasons why we shouldn't do that. You know, I've calculated here, and I'm pretty sure I know why we should not do this. And you guys better follow me. And both in Daniel's day and in today, there is a common excuse that some will give. I think that these four could have given it very easily. I think that if they wanted to, And when they were talking about, are we going to obey God? Are we going to do what we know is right? I think very quickly they could have gone to this excuse. Our God allowed us to be taken from our home and taken into captivity. And so why should we trust him? People don't usually speak that boldly with those words in our circles today, but very much so people will have that in their heart. I asked God to heal my loved one and he did not. Why should I trust God? I told God, if you'll answer this prayer, if you'll do this for me, then then I'll do this for you. And God let me down. So many individuals 
will use this excuse. I will not trust God because he has let me down. Well, today I want to look at this story and I want us to remove the excuses. I'm going to ask you if you will remove the excuses. Uh, We're here in uh, Daniel chapter 1 and we're just going to divide this up into five quick sections and read through uh, quite a few verses. The first division that we find here is the request. This is the request starting in verses 8 and 9 that we see here. Look at it. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him to not defile, not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. Now, you need to underscore there or write a note somewhere, Daniel resolved. That is a beautiful lesson that we learn from this teenage young man at this point. There are times when you will uh, have to make a decision in the moment and you'll do pretty good. Some of you are good off the cuff, you're put on the spot and it turned out pretty well. But most of the time when we go through a situation in life, what we actually face is we have already made a decision in advance ahead of time. And we have to pull on that experience and we need to make sure that we're making the right choice. For you and I, the decision will be made well in advance. Have you ever known somebody who said, you know what, I'll make that choice down the road. I'll make that decision in a little while. It is foolishness. It is foolishness for, allow, for us to allow ourselves to get to a place of temptation or to get to a place where we can make a, a decision that might be detrimental to our family. It is foolishness to wait till that point. What did Daniel say? Or what did the verse say about Daniel? It said, Daniel resolved. I'm getting a little bit of feedback here, Larry. Thank you. It said, Daniel resolved. Write down that word resolved. Sometimes we will make decisions in the moment and they're good, but oftentimes we need to in advance make the choice. And that's the application for us. We must decide before the challenge comes that we will do right. How many of you, when you've been raising a child, have tried to prepare them for the situations that they'll face? Now, son, you're going to have someone come and they're going to make this offer to you. Be prepared and say no. Good parents do that. And a good God wants you to be very, very aware that there is a danger out there if we've not resolved in our heart. And so Daniel beautifully here resolves that he will do what is right. Now, I know some of you have done this. I know that because I know that some of you don't get invited to certain get-togethers with some of your coworkers. No, 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 don't, don't, don't invite John. No, he wouldn't want to go to something like that. There are some of you that even are not welcome in some family settings of things that they do because of the decision that you have made in advance. 
And if you're convinced that the Holy Spirit is leading you in that decision, or if you have the Word of God that clearly states what you're supposed to do, you do not need to be afraid of that. There might be a little bit of payment that comes, but you don't have to be afraid. And so great wisdom comes in knowing potential dangers. The second one, if you're taking notes, is the reluctance. The reluctance that we see. Look at verses, start in verse 11 with me. Then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. So this is a reluct- there, there's a reluctance that's going to come here. And that reluctance is actually found um, in verse number 10. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and your drink. And why should he see that you were wor- in worse condition than the ewes who were of your own age? I love that Daniel is not unkind here. You know, we should not be unkind if we can help it. Just because you have a certain conviction doesn't mean someone else has that. And so when Daniel says, let us not eat of the food, the chief eunuch here says, I might lose my life. This is the king's command, the king's order. And if this happens, there can be a big problem for me. Daniel's conviction is to ask another to move away from their comfort zone. And so what he does is he gives God a place where God has to be involved. That's the reluctance, and then the recommendation comes in 11 through 14. Daniel suggests a small test to convince the chief of the eunuchs. And we need to notice that Daniel is not alone. You need to pay attention that Daniel is not alone in this. It is such a beautiful lesson that we find right here. And the lesson that we see is that my decisions in the moment of crisis will sometimes increase the strength of those that are around me. And sometimes they will be detrimental to encourage others to cave to the pressure. Did you know how important it is that you do what is right? Did you know, I, I, I was 17 years old and, I, and I, the Lord was working in my heart and I made a decision to follow him and I stood up in front of a group of uh, young people that I met with and I let them all know that. It was two years later that a young man named Travis came to me and said, when you stood up and said that, I started watching you. I started listening to you in the locker room. I started to watch where you hung out on weekends. I had no idea that he was looking at my life. And it's so helpful when we have others that are around us. Have you ever seen somebody else who's going the right direction and you're just encouraged by it? Have you seen that? Many of you can name them, can't you? You can give the first name of the individual who said, if that man will do what's right, then surely I can do what's right. 
and it puts wind in your sails. It blesses you to be obedient. Our decisions will oftentimes increase the strength of others to do right, and sometimes they can cause others to cave to the pressure. This is all throughout the scriptures. One of my heroes of the Bible is the prophet Elijah. Elijah just seems so strong and so tough. Do you remember when he went up on the mountaintop there and he had the duel between himself and, and all the false prophets? you remember that one? And God answered and God sent fire from the sky. What could it be that would knock Elijah down? He just had this great, incredible success. They chased after those false prophets and they killed them and God seems like he's doing a wonderful thing. And very, very soon, Elijah would find himself hiding under a juniper tree asking God to kill him. What was it that took him from the mountaintop to a place where he just wanted to give up? It was when he felt alone. God has given us a, a system set up for us not to be alone. And you might be blessed with family that loves the Lord Jesus Christ and, and uh, there's no uh, substitute for that. But God's plan until Jesus comes back in the clouds is for each of his children to be part of a church and not just attending a church, but to be connected, to be missed when you're not there, to be using your spiritual gift in serving in some way. We need to see others who have been faithful. And I know sometimes it can get discouraging and sometimes we feel like we're alone, but you need to look into the eyes of another who has a faith in God and a faith that cannot be shaken. And sometimes, sometimes just when you sense their attitude and their confidence in a God who cannot fail, that will drive you to go through one more week or maybe even another year. I love the story that I came across. Uh, this is in Chuck Swindoll's book, uh, Grace Awakening, about Thomas Jefferson. I, I typed it out. Let me read it for you. During his days as president, Thomas Jefferson and a group of companions were traveling across the country on horseback. They came to a river which had left its banks because of a recent downpour. The swollen river had washed the bridge away, and each rider was forced to ford the river on horseback, fighting for his life against the rapid currents. The very real possibility of death threatened each rider, which caused a traveler who was not part of their group to step aside and watch. After several had plunged in and made it to the other side, the stranger asked, President Jefferson, if he would ferry him across the river. Well, the president agreed without hesitation. The man climbed on, and shortly thereafter, the two of them made it safely to the other side. As the stranger slid off the back of the saddle onto dry ground, one in the group asked the stranger, well, tell me, why did you select the president to ask this favor of? Well, the man was shocked, admitting that he had no idea that it was the president who had helped him. All I know, he said, is that on some of your faces was written the answer no, and on some of them the answer yes. 
on Jefferson's face was written, yes. Individuals need to be surrounded by those who have taken that step of faith and God is blessed and they've gotten to that place and then the next place. These young boys wonderfully are in a beginning stage right now and that takes us to the results. If you're taking notes, it takes us to the results. Look at verses 15 and 16. At the end of 10 days, it was, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. And so the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. And so that's the result. God blesses, but he blesses in more than just a physical way. He blesses them by giving them wisdom. Not only great results, but there's a great reward. Let's finish it. Verse 17. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, in, in the chief eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. How long was that? Do you remember how long it was? Three years. Three years. Verse 19. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in his kingdom. We find a great result, and we also find a reward. At the end of three years, God blessed them physically, and God blessed their minds. This is the first test that we see these young people go through. Now, they didn't start off by saying, let us go three years without eating the king's meat and the wine. They said, 10 days. Just give us 10 days and let God show you something. I personally think that 10 days wouldn't have made a big difference uh, with what they were doing, so I think God was involved in that. And they begin with a small faith, and as they obey, they're going to see God again and again trust them with more. Some of us live with constant excuses not to take the first step. And I want to challenge you today to remove, to remove that excuse. I, I, I know I should be doing that. That's usually how the conversation starts. You know, I, I really know I should be doing this, but, and some of you are experts at making excuses. It's not hard. In fact, some people might even buy those excuses. And what that will do is that will keep you in a place of small faith. You'll never get to that place where there's something extraordinary going on through your life if you don't take that first step. You're so quick with excuses. I encountered a five-year-old today who gave me an excuse. I've got the candy machine working in my office, and um, any kid here who wants to have a piece of candy, or adult, by the way, if you want to come back there and grab a penny, you can help yourself and get yourself some candy. It's fruit-flavored candy, so it's very healthy. Uh, we, I, I, it's been down for a while, and so I've not had the kids in my office, which I miss them. And I had a young man who was in my office, and um, his name's Daniel. And I observed Daniel take, take more than one penny 
And uh, so I just asked the question. I said, Daniel, is that, is that your first penny that you're buying candy with there? And he stopped, and he, he didn't lie. Good job, Mom and Dad. He didn't lie. But immediately he said, do you know how many pennies Bud and Titus took this morning? <laughs> That's a kid. How many of you are better at making excuses? I'm very good at it. We have to resolve in our heart, does God want me to do this? Is this the right step? Is this the right direction for me? And then be prepared for the devil to serve up excuses one after another. In fact, be prepared for somebody that you love and respect to maybe tell you a reason why you shouldn't do that. And for those of us who constantly give in to excuses, what we will experience is we will have no confidence that God is going to do anything extraordinary in our lives. With these young men, the choice was actually sin for them. We cannot defile ourselves with the king's meat. It was sin. And for some of us, we can make excuses. And for many, you have found that sin will continually bring doubt and purity will bring confidence. You and I need to understand that when God blesses, it's gonna give us more of a confidence. So many of you are familiar with these stories that we're gonna get to. How could they be so, I mean, just unshaken when these three guys were gonna get thrown into the fiery furnace? How could Daniel, when he knew there was a law that would cost him his life if he prayed three times a day, does anybody ever wonder why did he open up those, why couldn't he just keep the windows shut and still pray to God? God can still see him and hear him. They had a confidence because they set aside the excuses. Sin is going to bring doubt continually and keep you down low, and purity will bring confidence Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Do you believe that? Most people don't jump off the deep end into that one. They learn it one step at a time. Isaiah 43, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I, this is God speaking, have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Some of you are boycotting, stepping out in faith. Some of you are saying, you know what, for 20 years I've not really seen anything amazing happen, and so I've kind of resigned to the fact of the blah or the ordinary. God wants to do something amazing and he wants you to do your best and then leave a place for him to have to be involved. God used these boys in a wonderful way. He's gonna continue to protect them and to bless them. We learn from them, but we also learn from each other. If I could give this assignment as we go, I want you to share with somebody, a brother or sister in Christ in the fellowship I want you to share with them something that God did, something that was a step of faith for you and how God was faithful. I want you to brag on God. 
we like to share the story about how we came to Christ, but the Bible also tells us, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. We brag on God. We need to be a community of believers that's seeing something amazing within and then saying, let me tell with you, let me tell you what my God did. Let me share with you what God did for my nephew. Let me share with you what God did for my dad. Let me share and let's brag on God together because he is just waiting. He is waiting to pour out wonderful things upon our lives. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to be resolved. He wants us to ask. And he wants us to trust him as we move forward in faith. Let's pray. We praise you, precious Father, for being one that has something greater than we could imagine in place for us. We thank you for how you've worked in the past. We thank you for this wonderful, what I believe is a miracle of having the the young men appear to be healthier, obviously wiser when they were tested. And Lord, you gave them this wisdom. You gave them that, uh, those rosy cheeks and that fatness of flesh. God, would you allow us to step out in faith? Some of the things that need to be done are things that we know that are right that we're not doing. Some of the things that are there are us wanting to be used for a greater purpose, wanting to have something that only you could do and us be a part of something big and great like that. We praise you that you allow us to be part of this excitement in our day. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we want to give you a chance to pray. It could be that you're here today and you've never prayed that first prayer of forgiveness. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you could have forgiveness. And if you'll just ask him in this moment, he promises to forgive you. If you've never asked God to make you his child, start praying, Heavenly Father, I know Christ died for my sins and I'm sorry. Will you please make me your child and forgive me? If God's leading you that direction, you start the prayer. The Holy Spirit will help you to finish it. Maybe some of you here are experts at making excuses. Maybe some really don't have anything that looks like a lot of faith in your life. That's what God wants for you. Take a moment and ask God to help you with that.